episode 44, Thanksgiving 2021 edition. Welcome to the Principles and Practice podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. Um, Leading up to Thanksgiving, we thought we'd talk about the pilgrims. So uh, we found out over the years that it's very important to read from primary sources. So every year we read some selections from of Plymouth Plantation, and that's a journal by William Bradford about the pilgrims' journey and lives. Yes, our edition that we read from is uh, an edited version, uh, which we recommend people getting. And it's edited by Samuel Elliott Morrison. And he has uh, notes in there and an introduction. And uh, it's really helpful uh, when going through it because we don't know what's going on at that time period. Right, so in his introduction, for part of the introduction, Samuel Elliott Morrison points out, If Bradford had been moved by love or power or ambition for wealth, he had an opportunity in 1630 when the Warwick patent from the Council of New England was made out in his name. He might then, had he wished, have become the sole lord and proprietor of Plymouth Colony, like Lord Baltimore in Maryland. Instead, he promptly shared his proprietary right with the old comers, as the Pilgrim Fathers were called in their own day. And in 1640, he persuaded the old comers to surrender the patent to the whole body of freemen. He was one of the small group known as the Undertakers, who were given by the freemen a monopoly offshore fishing and fur trading in order to pay off their debt to the merchant adventurers who financed the Mayflower's voyage. So I had to look up the Warwick patent myself, Um, but it's basically a land grant and it was written out to Bradford. So he had full rights to all the land there and to be able to control it as he wished. But, you know, as a man of character, he did not want to have this. Mm-hmm. So another aspect about the character of the pilgrims is that greed and dodging debts were not a part of their character or their motives for coming over to what they referred to as the New World, right? Mm-hmm. And that's important to look at because their character gets attacked every year. Mm -hmm. And then in Chapter 4 of Plymouth Plantation, there's a section titled Showing the Reasons and Causes of Their Removal. And in that section, Bradford writes, Lastly, and which was not least, a great hope of inward zeal they had of laying some good foundation, or at least to make some way thereunto for the propagating of advancing the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world. Yea, though they should be but even as stepping stones unto others for the performing of so great a work. Anyhow, so as we look at this, we can see how their character reflected their individual response to holy God. And this is important, I believe, for us to be talking about with people, even around the Thanksgiving table, because we have to know our providential history. If we don't, then as a nation we forget it, and then, and then we get really wayward. Mm-hmm. Now we could just, we could just not say anything and leave it up to the world to educate about this. But they're changing history. Right. They're trying not to um, let people know what really happened, or the character of these people. Um, growing up, 
You know, they I didn't learn any of this in school. Mm-hmm. They they just taught, oh, the pilgrims came. They, you know, had a feast with the Indians, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if you're removing God from the picture, then you're denying his providential hand and his sovereignty and denying that he's involved in nations and individuals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a great way to start digging into this a bit deeper is to listen to episode six on the power of the chain of Christianity timeline, because with a providential view, we learn that throughout history, there's that thread of liberty. And it begins with the liberty that Christ gives us internally, but there is that outward expression of that when we are changed because of Christ. And so that actually ends up translating or resulting in the effect of having external liberty. So we see that, that little seed that's being planted with the pilgrims and, you know, with their lives as they're living biblical principles and applying them to that seed of liberty being sown at the very start because they came over to help propagate the gospel. So as we lead up to Thanksgiving Day, you can almost guarantee that there will be at least one person will say, we should be thankful every day. Which goes without saying. Saying they're downplaying the uh, God's providential hand in this story in this, in this country. Yeah, and I don't think that people necessarily are intentionally downplaying it, but that statement that we should be thankful every day, which goes without saying, actually is diminishing what he has done in, mm. in our nation. In this, if you just want to refer to it as this land, you know, I think that there are plenty of people who don't acknowledge God that are doing a great job of that on their own. I don't think that we need to be helping them. Mm-hmm. I agree. So Thanksgiving Day is about what the pilgrims accepted. And as we study the Protestant Reformation, which you can learn about in episode 10 on Reformation Day and the Bible in English, Um, We've studied and learned about the pilgrim separatists, and we've come to see God's providential hand and to appreciate the sacrifices that those individuals made. Mm -hmm. In Teaching and Learning America's Christian History on page 177, this is written by Rosalie J. Slater, it says, The pilgrim had accepted individual reform. As he had individual salvation, he felt the urgency of reformation without tearing for any He was willing to separate from the Church of England, for he regarded this ecclesiastico-political institution as incompatible with the New Testament Church of Christ. And uh, Verna Hall, in the Christian history of the Constitution of the United States of America, uh, added this. Tracing the movement from an undefined beginning, he tells us that by the travail and diligence of some godly and zealous preachers, as in other places of the land, so in the north parts... Many became enlightened by the word of God and had their ignorance and sins discovered by the word of God's grace and began to reform their lives and make conscious of their ways. In other words, they began to be conscientious in all things and were earnest to know the will of God that they might obey it. Right, and as we study the primary resources further out, we can see that this did take root in our nation because in the 1606 Virginia Charter, 
They wrote that the whole intent was to be able to bring God's word to the salvages. In in the modern explanations or interpretations of that charter, it says savages, and that's incorrect. The original language says salvages, and that's because they saw the people over here had, were salvageable. They had souls that could be reached with the gospel. And so that seed that the pilgrims planted in those early days did carry forward as the expansion started to take place. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving Day is about the blessings of internal liberty. And I think one of the big takeaways here is that Christ was doing work in these individuals. And I think it's really powerful to recognize and accept individual reformation that we have because of individual salvation. Acknowledging that if it wasn't for that work being done in the pilgrims because of Christ, they may not have been moved by God to leave England. And I think that we can give thanks that they did acknowledge his hand and personal reformation in their lives and took the journey to Holland so that they can learn biblical principles from Pastor Robinson. And then following God's lead to come over here to the new world, we end up seeing the results of other individuals' lives being saved because of the gospel. So pilgrims uh, viewed themselves as missionaries on spreading the gospel. They helped establish the beginnings of our our Christian republic. It's a form of government that gives us our external liberties because of the internal liberties we have through Christ. Right, and then as other nations recognize that the Bible is the source of liberty for individuals and nations, they can also be free. And that's That all comes down to how God's word is for every person. It's for every nation. And he has principles of government in there. He has his moral laws in there and principles for everyone to be able to follow and obtain liberty. Mm -hmm. But the ultimate liberty begins because of Christ's internal work and the repentant individual who comes to Christ for salvation. Now, and as missionaries for Christ, did they end up impacting anybody with the gospel? Did you read anything in of Plymouth Plantation about that? Yes, I did. Look at Squanto, for example. Right, and I think that this is an excellent finding because a lot of times we just hear about what happened initially when Squanto was helping the pilgrims survive in the wilderness and about their friendship, but... What happened toward the end of Squanto's life? So here's a um, here's an entry out of the journal. All things being provided, Captain Standish was appointed to go with them, and Squanto for a guide and interpreter, about the latter end of September. But the winds put them in again, and putting out the second time, he fell sick of a fever. So the governor went himself. But they could not get about the shoals of Cape Cod for the flats and breakers, and neither could Squanto direct them better, nor the master durst venture any further. So they put into Manamoyak Bay, and got with they could there. In this place, Squanto fell sick of an Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose, uh, which the Indians take for a symptom of death. And within a few days died there, and desired the governor to pray for him, that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven. So we hear that he was impacted by the gospel. He believed that God did exist. And I think that probably more than likely today, um, people might misconstrue what Squanta meant when he said, 
what do you call Englishman's God of Heaven? Englishman's God of Heaven. I think it's important to acknowledge that that wording is simply because you have people that came from the East, you know, they came from Europe who had copies of the Bible. And they had it in their common language because of the Protestant Reformation. They were also able to obtain copies because of the printing press. And so they brought the gospel with them to these shores. And so clearly, I think that indicates that at least Squanto had not received the gospel message prior to meeting the pilgrims. And so therefore, there's that association with his you know, wording by saying that you know, he wanted to be able to go to be with the Englishman's God. I think that that's the analysis of that there, Mm -hmm. what was meant by that. And so they did end up following through with love and with Christian character, um, propagating the gospel and reaching a salvageable soul, Mm -hmm. somebody who could still hear and receive the word of God. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, We hope that you have a very blessed Thanksgiving day and meditate on God's providential hand in the lives of the pilgrims and the forming of our nation and individuals today, and that it's a very rich season for you. And blessings to you all. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory.